0: The last 24 hours have been pretty wild for cryptocurrency between Elon Musk first jumping into Bitcoin and then saying that Tesla will no longer accept Bitcoin for payment and now news that the IRS and Department of Justice are doing a Binance probe. And I think this is leading to a lot of market sell off with prices down 10 to 20 percent across the board. And, Greg, welcome to the BSC News podcast for... Another weekly update. You're listening to the BSC News Podcast, the leader in decentralized finance on the Binance Smart Chain. Here's your host, Ben So, What's your take on everything that's going on?
1: So we've just kind of had a lot of negative news catalysts this week. Early on in the week, um, we had uh, traditional markets like tech stocks and stuff get a nice little correction due to fears of rate hikes, Um, just like a news catalyst there. And then, what you were mentioning, we had Elon Musk coming back on Tesla supporting Bitcoin and not supporting Bitcoin. They're not selling any of their Bitcoin, but they are no longer taking payments. I think another notable event that's kind of interesting and has kind of slowed down this meme coin rally as well is the fact that Vitalik donated 1.2 billion of SHIB token to the India COVID Fund. And Ever since then, the ship token's down about like 40%, I believe. So it's kind of put a halt to all this madness we've seen recently in the crypto markets. Yeah,
0: I guess we should like kind of work through these one by one because it's like a lot of news events. So why don't we start with Tesla? And so they're no longer accepting Bitcoin as a form of payment, which I always circle back to I kind of believe fundamentally the word cryptocurrency is like a misleading, uh, self describing name, right? As currency. And so, especially like for Bitcoin being a cryptocurrency.
1: Uh, right. And I think like the part there is like, why are you going to have such a volatile asset be your base currency? Like, it doesn't make sense. I'm not going to hold on to this token and want to pay with something where one day it's like 10% less and the next day, it gets a 20% rally. Like that's not something that I'm looking to really buy stuff with.
0: Yeah. And also just in terms of like transaction fees, obviously if you're buying a $45,000 car, the $10 transaction fee is not a big deal, but for most transactions on day-to-day life, that's Bitcoin is a horrible currency for what you just said. And then obviously the ease of transaction and, you know, so I I looked at that as like, uh, why would Tesla accept Bitcoin as payment?
1: I don't think it's too big of news. Like who was really going out there and buying their Teslas with Bitcoin anyway? I think this was kind of just more of a flashy type of thing. And they came back on it because they realized that there's not too much use case behind it. It's not like, Tesla's running out and they're selling the Bitcoin they have. They still hold Bitcoin on their balance sheet, which is insane to think about. So I think this is more of just like you could call this like a FUD event or whatever, but it's definitely caused a negative catalyst in the market uh, as of now.
0: Yeah. And so let's move on to Binance being probed by uh, the U.S. for money for money laundering and uh, tax evasion, basically. And I've got the Bloomberg article pulled up in front of me. So, and obviously this just came out. So I had a chance to skim it. It looks like, here's how I'm reading it. I could be wrong. Um, It looks like the US, which they are already looking into Coinbase's account holders and also... um, There was another exchange in the U.S. that they've issued this John Doe summons from the IRS. So the IRS part really just sounds more of the same, where they want to make sure people are paying taxes. More importantly, they want to go after anybody that didn't pay taxes last year and probably like the year before, however far back they can get data on.
1: Right. And it kind of just sounds like I think this is already, you could say priced in, in a sense, like Binance knows these regulatory issues are coming in the future. And that's the reason why they've hired former US Senator Max Baucus. I'm looking at the Coindesk article here just to like cross source. So they've hired Max Baucus and also Brian Brooks, who are both experienced in US regulations. So it's not like Binance doesn't know this is happening. And it's important to note that This is only an investigation. There's not really anything that Binance has done wrong yet. And this is like the case for all uh, crypto exchanges. And it's kind of a no-brainer that the biggest exchange is going to be in these headlines when investigations pop up.
0: Yeah. And if you think about it, you know, eventually I'm sure US exchanges will have to follow what all banking procedures are, right? Where if you... I don't know the specifics on it, but I would imagine if you flow a ton of money through a bank account that triggers an event for a bank where they, and I've actually talked to someone about this that knew more about it and they're saying, you know, if if you were to just put a hundred K in your bank, your bank probably has to like make a, almost like a report of it. Right. Uh For, for regulatory purposes. And there's no reason why crypto will not eventually be having to do the same thing, you know, follow the same procedures and regulations and they really have to play catch up. So all these probes are just that. It's like, let's look at what's been going on. Let's find people who are evading taxes. Let's see if we can find some money that is linked to crimes, criminal activity. And then, you know, really most exchanges do a pretty good job now of collecting customer information and, You know, they probably don't follow all the same rules that banks do yet, but I'm sure they will.
1: Exactly. And I think it's pretty well known. Like you can see Binance is going out of their way to kind of anticipate these events. Like they are hiring these people in order to prepare for this because they know regulation's coming. And so this is going to be a common theme, I think, for the rest of this bull market and for the rest of just crypto history. Like regulation needs to catch up. So it will. Agreed.
0: And so I think that's the, uh, I don't know, it's like the FUD storm at the moment. I don't know if there's, well, and then there's the uh, the Vitalik thing and you knew more about that than me. So why don't you explain that?
1: Yeah. So that was pretty interesting. A while back, I can't get you the exact date, but the founders of SHIB token sent half of the supply to Vitalik. And this was kind of like a move. I think in their white paper, they said it's nearly like the tokens are burnt, which is, kind of funny like why just not send them to a dead address so this kind of makes me think it's more of like hey look vitalik's holding half our supply more of a way to like give this token a false ethos and it somewhat worked but now you had this scenario where a couple of days ago vitalik had like 15 billion usd in shib tokens in his wallet and it's kind of like madness not to expect that he's not going to sell some of these tokens that just magically appeared in his wallet so part of this has been part of the FUD storm. You have like kind of just this meme coin blow off top going on. I think SHIB tokens down like 40, 50% now. Um, But like, this is less of a FUD event, right? Like Vitalik took out some of this money from the market that just appeared in his wallet and he's now donated it to a good cause. So it's kind of an interesting news piece. I think it's like a no brainer. If someone has $15 billion show up in their wallet, it's not like they're just going to let it sit there, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wouldn't think so. Yeah, I mean, for the ship developers, it was just a it was a marketing move to send exactly. it. exactly. So yeah, I think that that covers the three big big events, and then you know because of all these different things and just it's almost like the party the short term party just ended. B and B's down eleven and a half percent, all the way to five seventy. I think Bitcoin had gotten over 50,000 and now last I saw it was like 48,000.
1: Yeah, let's see. Bitcoin's yep, sitting yeah. at 48,000. It even wicked all the way down to 46k which puts it about 30% off of its previous high it set in at about 63.8k. So that's like one of those 30% pullbacks we look for in the bull market. And so it looks like the market's just consolidating here like nothing looks insanely bad obviously we just had a 30% move so that's a huge move but this is kind of something that crypto investors should expect to happen
0: agreed and you even tweeted out like um you're just yield farming so
1: exactly right (laughs) like it's this these events are priced into my long-term thesis I guess you can say I like that word a lot this uh episode but in the sense where my long-term thesis is that Bitcoin is going to be much higher than now in the next six to eight months. So I don't need to be levering up trying to catch every single move when I have such a strong thesis about where crypto will be anyway. Yeah. And,
0: and yield farming really lets you be patient because you're, you're making money, right? So for me, it's like nothing for me changes at all. I keep harvesting my yield and whether it's, you know, whatever portion I reinvest, whatever portions I move elsewhere or whatever, but.
1: Exactly. So it's like, I win here because I'm still compounding and growing my crypto positions. Um, And it doesn't really matter what the markets do as long as my long-term thesis lines up, which until now, there's no reason not to believe that the bull market's in full swing. Like it, everything's lining up and it's continuing to happen. And then, These negative catalysts are to be expected. The market's not going to just go straight up forever. Granted, if you zoom out on a weekly chart, it does look like Bitcoin's been going straight up for the past eight months here. So a little bit of consolidation isn't a bad thing. Um, I'm just going to keep harvesting these yields and I really have nothing to complain about. All right.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I have some positions in Yield Optimizer. So just getting a discount right now. Uh, let's talk about some BSC tokens because I feel like there's been a lot of new stuff coming out and, and a lot of it's interesting.
1: Yeah. What do you have in mind here? What's some. Um... So
0: one that I wanted to look at was wise B or wise token, but I'll gotcha. see. So they just did their, uh, did their raise and listed and I don't, I can't find a chart of it yet.
1: I just looked up Ys on coin, uh, CoinGecko here and it came right up for me. I think that's their ETH version. Should be the, is the, are they not pegged to each other? No, they're totally oh, gotcha. separate. Yeah,
0: totally separate deals. So there's Ys on Ethereum and Ys B. We might have to use, uh, what's a good
1: Dex? Try out Dex Guru. I'm going to look here just on a BSC scan.
0: Dexguru.com?
1: Yeah, something like that. We might not be able to find this because it's so new. I don't
0: think dexguru.com is what we're looking for here. Maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) What's that Poocoin one? You know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, that's like the same thing as Dexguru. I'd just much rather use Dexguru over Poocoin, And that's not an endorsement of any way, but... (laughs) 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 Uh, but i like wise b
0: i like the premise it's got a ton of lock liquidity that just slowly grows over time uh it's got long staking positions like i i opened up a two-year stake and it gets you just higher apy gotcha and they're gonna you know they're gonna leverage their lock liquidity and lending protocols to earn yield for so it's a it's an interesting project that could just kind of grow over time with the BSC ecosystem.
1: Yeah, I really like that. I'm gonna what I like to point out here is Walt Swap, which has been doing amazingly well. Um, actually, in like the recent days, they've had transaction volume that's competing in like the top six, top ten. They're sitting outside of the top ten right now at thirteen. So a little underperforming, but all this week, WaltSwap has been doing uh, like volume right outside of some of these leading decentralized exchanges like Uniswap, SushiSwap, PancakeSwap. Uh, they were just below one inch. And so it's really interesting to see this new decks rapidly pop up on the Binance smart chain. Um, and the TVL is growing pretty nicely. If I pull it up here, I think the TVL in those farms is now over a billion And this is, uh, I think, what Wex launched a little over a month ago now. Let me pull up this chart to see. So, yeah, Wex launched, it looks like, at the end of April. So, a a little less than a month now. And it's already performed over 450% since launch, which is just amazingly amazing. And it's cool to see another DEX come into the space here on the Binance Smart Chain.
0: Mm -hmm. I think... Yeah. So these yield optimizers, I'm starting to get interested in them again, because obviously they were like super hot. I feel like beginning of the year, they were like kind of the, I don't know, you call it the narrative, right? Of the time. Yeah. What they're doing now is they're all going cross chain. So here's something I actually thought about earlier this week, and I wanted to bring it up on the podcast is something I like about these BSC projects is they have no like
1: chain agnostic uh, so to speak thing.
0: yeah like if you notice that bsc projects are really really quick to jump from chain to chain and i think it's because they they understand the value that each one can bring on its own so like Auto Farm, i just saw they tweeted out this week about how they're going to go on to or already on like polygon
1: uh-huh
0: and, and they're also on Hecochain. chain and I know Beefy has been.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at Beefy right now. They're on five different chains now. So you got BSC, Hico, Avalanche, Polygon, and Phantom. So they've just gone completely cross-chain here, which is amazing. Um, and I also think it's important to point out, like, in the beginning of this yield optimizer discussion, we were very focused on like who would be the leading yield optimizer, but it's now been there's so many different farms and pools to compound that one single yield optimizer can't keep up so you have beefy finance who maybe specializes in certain vaults and then if beefy finance doesn't pick it up maybe auto farm will pick it up and then someone like even new players in the space are having success like eleven finance who are now compounding these vault farms because some of the traditional yield optimizers haven't started compounding those pools yet either so it's just really interesting how there's so much stuff to do in the market that one single optimizer can't keep up. Mm -hmm.
0: And something I wanted to look at was the tokenomics. So with auto, there is a uh, essentially a tax buyback and burn, if I understand correctly. Uh And then with beefy, I'm actually not totally sure because I know they changed how it worked at some point.
1: Yeah, so I'm actually on the Beefy docs right now, as you say that. So just looking at this, um, Beefy has its, a fixed supply. So I'm pretty sure they're not emitting any Beefy currently. If they are, it's an extremely low rate. Um, and all revenue is just generated as platform fees for this. And they distribute it as WBNB to any Beefy stakers. So the way it works is if you hold Beefy, you just get revenue to the protocol.
0: Mm-hmm. And so this got me thinking, right, where holding one of these tokens is essentially giving you, like, cross-chain profit share because all of that, the revenue generated on five different chains, you know, is going to be at the benefit of a beefy holder or, or same thing with auto. Right? Yep. So I'm actually really liking these tokens. I didn't hold a lot of these types of tokens for a long time, uh, but... I'm getting like with just with how aggressively they're going cross chain. I think it's like a it's a good hedge against just the BSC
1: standalone. Right. No, and I really like this model because especially something like Beefy, they have and I'm treading on this cautiously, but they have nearly no inflation rate at this point in time. I think I think it is fully supplied out. Yeah, and so now you kind of just have this system that actually creates and drives revenue to token holders which is great. Um, and they're moving cross chain and these platforms are continuing to expand how they're pulling in revenue. So yeah, that's yeah. a really good point. I haven't really been thinking actually today. I was thinking a little bit about beefy and how I don't hold really much at all and how well the platform has been doing and just yield optimizers in general. Like they are useful. They're a crucial part of the DeFi ecosystem.
0: That's the thing. They're like, a like a layer one service provider right where it doesn't really matter what all the tokens are doing in the ecosystem people will be compounding and really i think the reason i was putting more attention on them because i like using the mdex pools where i get to pair you know you pair with a stable coin Uh uh-huh so beefy usdt is currently paying an apy of 133 percent on mdex
1: yeah, and I know you're all over that. I
0: know you I actually added that position this week. And then I had already I was already in auto. That's paired with BUSD and that is paying 60%. So, I'm good holding both of those.
1: Yeah, I also just to shift gears a little bit. I think it's really interesting that we've kind of before we got this fud storm, we saw this incredible bid start to pick up back on ethereum defi and i think that's super nice to see in defi that both of these networks are continuing to grow um and i've actually found this really cool analytics software called dbank and they aggregate all the trading volume the users and all of that good stuff for popular d apps and i've been looking at that and it's really interesting um Uniswap is doing about 3.2 billion in 24 hour volume while PancakeSwap is doing about 2.6 billion in 24 hour volume. So, it's still kind of apparent that more volume and more liquidity is flowing through Ethereum. But I think it's huge to note when looking at this. Um PancakeSwap has about 605,000 users where Uniswap has about 70,000. So, Almost 10x more people are able to use chains like Binance Smart Chain, but there's still kind of like this giant layer of liquidity moving around on Ethereum. And so we kind of get like the best of both worlds here. We're seeing institutional DeFi grow alongside this retail DeFi grow, if you want to say it in that sort of manner.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, And so
1: I think that's just extremely bullish for DeFi alone, seeing that. DeFi is still catching all this bid despite what the overall market is doing, right? Like now it's almost the market is holding back DeFi. DeFi looks like it's ready to continue go to continue to go higher and start to take more of this market dominance while the markets uh like old coins, I like to call them dinosaur coins are sort of trugging along and maybe I should be careful when I say that because things like Zcash and Cardano are still flying. So mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the uh the boomer coins.
1: Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to add
0: one more just this is just like some info for the listener. Yeah. <clears throat> and this is not an MDEX advertisement, but sometimes I just get real excited. So if you actually switch over to their heco chain side, beefy USDT's 376% APY. That's insane. Uh, you can get shib USDT for two hundred and sixty percent. So I don't know if that's a if shib is a good investment at this point. But if it's down fifty percent, like you know, I I don't know what the actual purpose of that project is. I have no
1: idea. I think it's just a meme coin. There's probably some sort of interesting tokenomics, or maybe there's not. But yeah, just but the they've... fact that these yields are insane. Yeah, because then they've chains. got.
0: Balancer USDT, synthetics USDT, Wi-Fi USDT. Those are all like ninety-five percent. So I might have to bridge some MDX over and get into some. Like it's just interesting how it, I mean it's really easy to move over there and then you actually get a little better uh, Ethereum DeFi exposure on the Heco side.
1: Yeah. And I think it's kind of like to touch back on this institutional money on Ethereum. It's really nice now that it, there's really not a barrier to entry. Like I can go pool these Ethereum tokens with uh, like provide liquidity on something like HECO or Binance Smart Chain and still get exposure to these insanely large DeFi projects. And I think these are projects to look out for because they are going to be the ones that start to grab the tension the attention of institutional investors. Like Ave, caught an extreme bid this week, um, surpassing all-time highs while the market is down like 20, 30%. Ave is just sitting flat now after setting in a, a new all-time high, which is just amazing to see for DeFi that a lot of attention is starting to flow into these tokens and the fact that there's huge growth potential still for them.
0: There's another one for you that I know you're going to like. This was actually out of all the uh, tokens I track on CoinGecko on my app, I just have like a bunch of you know stuff on my favorites or whatever. Gotcha. Injective was was actually up when everything else was down. So yeah, I like that. I also think it did pull back recently, but yeah, Injective has been has been doing performing really well compared to the market.
1: Yeah, and it looks like actually I remember seeing something that the mainnet is coming along here. So that'll be sick. That'll be decentralized futures trading for people uh, on a layer two network. So this is kind of we're starting to see these layer two solutions pop up, um, whether it's individual protocols incorporating layer two scaling or uh, Polygon, which is kind of just taken away and leading the race in layer two at the moment.
0: Have you... uh... How do you interact with Polygon?
1: I honestly have no idea. I've not been able to touch Polygon. I just know that it's performed extremely well and it's gotten a ton of attention recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: like Matic token has just been on
1: yep. on a tear.
0: Exactly.
1: So and, it yeah. Go ahead there.
0: Well, I was just gonna say because uh, actually when I pulled up the search bar in CoinGecko, Feg popped up in SafeMoon and Safe <laughs> Moon and Polygon's there too, but. I, I wonder if that, uh, this recent craze we've had of meme coin stuff is going to be kind of chilled out for a little while. Maybe not. though. So they shim might pump a hundred percent, right?
1: Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of wary saying this, but I would like to think it's over. I think this was kind of just like an insane craze. You had all these tokens running like anywhere from like 50 to hundred X multiples, um, What I would love to see and what I pointed out in the last podcast is start to see this flow into more, per se, useful DeFi protocols. Stuff like Aave, Venus, Cream, stuff where even just like all these BSC tokens we've been talking about for the last six months. Um, And I think it very well makes sense because these meme tokens are like kind of very... They scratch the surface of DeFi. Like they incorporate some sort of frictionless yield mechanism, but that's about it. They don't go too much further in. So I wouldn't be surprised to start seeing all these users dive more into DeFi and start learning more about these protocols. But who knows? These might just pick right back up again because everyone just loves the ring to the meme tokens and it's simple and easy. And I think if people keep making money there, then it'll continue to happen. But after this correction i wouldn't be surprised if these kind of stagnate for a little bit
0: i'd be fine with it cuz i will tell you that this morning using bsc was excellent for the first time this week <laughs> and i don't know if that has to do with network upgrades or just lower lower demand after yesterday
1: and yeah i just kind of find it hard like i have people ask me like oh what do you think about safe moon and It's just hard for me to recommend someone a 5 billion market cap token um, with something that has just very simple mechanics. Like the reason why SafeMoon has done so well is not really what the protocol does. It's more of just insanely good marketing and it just has a nice ring to it, I think. Um, And so for now, this is kind of like all these people have been introduced into DeFi and at least knowing like the rabbit hole I went down, it's they're not too much further away of getting into like some of these core DeFi mechanics, like providing liquidity, lending and borrowing, um, all of that good stuff that's going on that kind of introduces useful financial instruments in a decentralized manner.
0: Yeah, I'm going to pull up, I want to pull up DeFi station while we're on this topic because yeah. I've had the same feeling that... <clears throat> Like, yeah, they come in for the meme, but maybe they actually stay and start doing something that's you know a little more useful or better investment. I mean, BSC DeFi is still at 43 and a half billion. It topped at about 52 million on the ninth. So
1: and uh, Ethereum DeFi has held up extremely well. So from peak to trough on Binance Smart Chain, it looks like 10 billion um in ethereum DeFi, which is almost twice as large we only got a like 8 billion pullback so overall it looks like DeFi's is holding up pretty well which is nice to see it kind of goes along with this narrative that DeFi's is starting to pick up again i think we get a DeFi summer 2.0 is i think what people are starting to throw out there now
0: that would be nice it would be real nice. Last summer was nutty.
1: Yeah. Until I got in at the top. And, oh, did you? Yeah. I, I ended the DeFi summer with my crypto learning. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny. So that, that means if the new people are showing up right now, it's uh it's a top. Is that the idea?
1: I don't know. Something like that. I. It's kind of hard to figure out where we're at here sometimes. That's funny. And I think um,
0: real quick before we wrap up the podcast, Why don't we plug uh, some info about the new newsletter we start putting out?
1: Yeah, so we're doing a new newsletter now. Um, The first one was put out yesterday. So what it's going to look like is we'll do two newsletters a week. The first one will go out Monday morning here in the US. So probably about like, what, for me, it's just easy, 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Around that time, one will go out Monday and this will kind of just be like, an overview of how the markets are gearing up for the new week. And then we'll also release one. I haven't figured it out yet, either Thursday or Friday morning, and this will kind of be to wrap up the week, um, sort of get everything pegged in. Cause I know crypto goes crazy. So this will kind of like people who go away for the weekend, it'll give them a way to catch up on what they missed over the weekend and kind of prepare with a bunch of information to go into the weekend. Like, knowing what's going on and all of that good stuff. And so to sign up for this newsletter, it's as simple as just going to the BSC news website, going all the way down to the footer, and then you'll just see a little subscribe to join our weekly newsletter, throw in your email there, and then that'll just start coming twice a week. And there's definitely some good information in there. Uh, This week's newsletter outlined the Tesla news about not accepting Bitcoin. It also outlined the SHIB token fiasco with Vitalik. Um, and then also in there, we throw in like three trending stories of just hot topics that have been on BSC news for the day or the week. Awesome. Awesome.
0: Yeah. And I think I'm going to, uh, for my next dive into DeFi article, I'm going to talk about my my opinion on the the Tesla news and and bitcoin as a currency i think that'll be fun to write about so that's been kind of stuck in my head since yesterday
1: (laughs) yeah that sounds like it's definitely interesting discussion it's definitely gotten the market all riled up so
0: yeah i'm just i'm just really really convinced that cryptocurrency is an awful currency and it it always has (laughs) been (laughs) you know like unless you're talking about a uh Like a a digital US dollar, an actual digital US dollar coin, you know, on a payment network type thing. Otherwise, exactly.
1: Yeah, crypto. The closest thing we have now is something like USDC on the Binance smart chain, where your fees are a couple cents and it's pegged and you can actually use it to pay for stuff. Um, And maybe we do get more cryptocurrencies here in the future with the central digital bank currency. And I think that is where the term fits. But when you start getting into all these tokens that are, wow, I'm dancing around here a little bit, but when you get into the like normal tokens, they're not really currencies, I guess you can say. And that's what you're getting at. Exactly.
0: and But, and, but also my point is like, they don't need to be because they serve other functions.
1: Exactly. Know? So
0: like, it doesn't matter. And I'm just kind of like tired of hearing about it, to be honest, because <laughs> I think it's like a, I don't know, left of the bell curve argument of why Bitcoin's going to zero is because you can't, you can't use it to buy stuff. And it's like, sure, okay, right? <laughs> you know, like Peter Schiff put on like a Twitter celebration yesterday at the Tesla announcement. It's like, but dude, are you buying with gold, right? Like, I don't, like, I just don't get it.
1: No, so, that guy's just a whole nother story. I don't get how he continues to like, he's been outperformed. Well, he's been like,
0: outperformed by everything. Around,
1: yeah, around the moon and back and he's still stuck on his thesis, but that's just a whole nother rabbit. But also
0: name. like, yeah, I mean, his gold has been outperformed by pretty much everything for the last 20 years.
1: Except yeah. for the US
0: dollar, I guess. That's it. <laughs> but like, if you would have bought like an S&P 500, composite index you're outperforming gold you know like it's uh, like as a gold as an investment so it's a real weird investment
1: yeah gold does well in very like select niche environments and i think he's just sticking to his to his thesis until he gets the backdrop he's looking for
0: well he'll stick to it because it's his business and it's how he makes money right so doesn't matter really for him the price of gold doesn't matter if people are paying for services right
1: fair enough Also, to my decentralized (laughs) finance and the future of finance i like that narrative a lot more than the rock we've been using for a long time (laughs) (laughs) it's a
0: much more exciting narrative yes awesome man well i appreciate your time and i actually signed up for the newsletter myself when you were just describing because i hadn't done
1: that yet I would stay posted for that. There'll definitely be one coming out here Monday to get people caught up on the market. Awesome. Maybe we can get a nice little bounce or something here. That
0: here. A nice little weekend uh, rally would be nice.
1: Yep, we'll have to stay tuned.
0: Awesome, man. I'll t- catch you next time.